You know, there's something special about a mom. Um, I was looking at the statistics, and Mother's Day is the third largest attended Sunday at church behind Christmas and Easter. You know, a lot of people will do a lot of things for, for their mom. And I'm sure a lot of folks um, show up at church because their mom said so, all right? It also says, them, did you know that more phone calls are made on Mother's Day than any other day of the year? Um, these holiday chats with mom often cause the phone traffic to spike as much as 37%. So call your mom, all right? Don't text your mom today. Please call your mom. You know, she deserves a phone call. A couple of things that, that um, I was reading about mom, there's a couple of teacher stories about mom. A teacher gave her class of second graders a lesson on the magnet, all right, and what it does. The next day in a written test, she included this question. My full name has six letters. The first one is M and I pick up things. What am I? When the test papers were turned in, the teacher was astonished to find that almost 50% of the students answered the question with the word mother. All right. So another teacher asked a boy this question. Suppose your mother baked a pie and there were seven of you, um, your parents and five children. What part of the pie would you get? A sixth, replied the boy. I'm afraid you don't know your fractions, said the teacher. Remember, there are seven of you. Yes, teacher, said the boy, but you don't know my mother. Mother would say she didn't want any pie. All right. And here's the stages of motherhood. At four years of age, my mommy can do anything. Eight years of age, my mommy knows a lot, um, a whole lot. At 12 years of age, my mother doesn't really um, know quite everything. At 14, naturally, um, mother doesn't know that either. 16, mother, she's hopelessly old-fashioned. At 18, that old woman, she's way out of date. At 25, well, she might know a little bit about it. At 35, well, before we decide, let's go get mom's opinion. At 45, um, wonder what mom would have, would have thought about it. At 65, I wish I could talk it over with my mom. You know, it is interesting, you know, how kids' opinions of their mom changes based upon their ages. Um, you know, as a young, young man or young woman, a mom is everything to their child. But then, you know, they go through stages in life where they think their mom's old fashioned. But in the end, they really want their mom's opinion. You know, and like I said, you should call your mom, especially, you know, because somebody, some of us don't have a chance to call our moms. All right. You know, so please call your mom. All right. Real mothers don't eat, don't eat quiche. Um, they don't have time to make it. Real mothers know that their kitchen utensils are probably in the sandbox. Real mothers often have sticky, um, sticky floors, filthy ovens, and happy kids. Real mothers know that dried Play-Doh doesn't come out of carpet. That's why I never usually had Play-Doh in my house. Real mothers don't want to know what the vacuum just sucked up. Real mothers sometimes ask, why me? And then get their answer when the little voice says, because I love you, mom. All right. This is pretty cool. This is so, so a, police, a police recruit was asked during an exam, what would you do if you had to arrest your own mother? His answer, 
Call for backup. <laughs> Here's a few quotes. Mother's Day quotes that says this. Um, an unknown person says this. I'd like to be the ideal mother, but I'm too busy raising my kids. Um, then um, Allison Hannigan says, um, why don't kids understand that their nap is not for them, but for us? An unknown person says, silence is golden. Unless you have kids, then silence is just suspicious. All right. Someone else said, nothing is really lost until your mom can't find it. I like this. Irma Bombeck said this. When your mother asks, do you, uh, you want a piece of advice? It's merely a formality. It doesn't matter if you answer yes or no, you're going to get it anyway. You know. That's, that's true. It doesn't matter if, you know, or, or do you want my opinion? And if you say no, she's going to give it. Um, the great Abraham Lincoln, President Lincoln, um, said his mom was one of the greatest influences in his life. He says this, all that I am or ever hope to be, I owe to my angel mother. Then he says, I remember my mother's prayers and they have always followed me. They have clung to me all my life. And he says this, no man is poor who has a godly mother. Reese Witherspoon says this, I always say if you aren't yelling at your kids, you're not spending enough time with them. (laughs) That's true sometimes. All right. An unknown person says this, if at first you don't succeed, try doing it the way mom told you to in the beginning. Denzel Washington says this, my mother never gave up on me. I messed up in school so much that they were sending me home, but my mother sent me right back. (laughs) And this is a great saying by Pablo Picasso. He says, my mother said to me, if you become a soldier, you'll be a general. If you become um, a monk, you'll end up as the Pope. Instead, I became a painter and wound up as a Picasso. You know, moms are really, are really important, probably more important than, than dads to their kids because, you know, every time a camera, you know, has someone on the sidelines or even just filming any, you know, any random person, the first thing they said is, hi, mom. You know, they probably don't really care if their dad sees them on TV. They want to make sure their, their mom sees them and they want to make sure that they give honor to their mom. Many people wonder why do we have Mother's Day? You know, we live in, a, in a, a world that has created all these fictional holidays. You know, every day is some kind of day. In fact, I looked up today. Today is National Buttermilk Biscuit Day. It's also National Chicken Dance Day. It's Shades Day. Well, I guess that means wear your sunglasses. Um, today is the Stars and Stripes Forever Day. In Underground America Day, that, that's um, on May the 14th. And just for all of you who are wondering, International Craig Day is April the 5th, okay? Um, that actually was not a holiday, but I actually created that um, a, a couple of weeks ago when I found out that I, somebody else created a, a day, so I decided to create International Craig Day. Why April the 5th? Well, it's halfway from um, Christmas to my birthday, all right? So... April the 5th, um, International Craig Day, don't forget it, all right? But Mother's Day is a real holiday, all right? You know, it wasn't created by somebody on Facebook that decided to just create a holiday. And, you know, it really shows one woman's 
um, you know, attempt to make sure she honored her mom. And um, Anna Jarvis um, turned Mother's Day into a holiday because she kept trying. All right. The official Mother's Day holiday arose in, in the 1900s as a result of the efforts of Anna Jarvis, daughter of Anna Reeves Jarvis, um, following her mother's um, death in 1905. Anna Jarvis con- um, um, conceived of Mother's Day as a way of honoring the sacrifices mo- the mothers made for their children. And so um, she went on, on, on an effort to try to get somebody, you know, to to, you know, make it official. Anyway, after gaining financial backing from a Philadelphia department store owner named um, John Wanamaker in 1908, she organized the first official Mother's Day celebration at a Methodist church in Grafton, West Virginia, where her mom mom, um, lived. That same day also saw thousands of people attend a Mother's Day event at one uh, one of Wanamaker's retail stores in Philadelphia. All right. Following the success of the first Mother's Day, Jarvis, who remained unmarried and childless her whole life, resolved to see her holiday added to the national calendar. Um, Arguing that American holidays were biased toward male achievements, she started a massive letter-writing campaign to newspapers and prominent politicians urging the adoption of a special day honoring motherhood. By 1912, many states, towns, and churches had adopted Mother's Day as an annual holiday, and Jarvis had established the Mother's Day International Association to help promote her cause. Her persistence paid off in 1914 when President Woodrow Wilson signed a measure officially establishing the second Sunday in May as Mother's Day. You know, one woman went on a quest to create a real holiday. And, you know, and that's why we celebrate the second Sunday in May as Mother's Day. Now, Mother's Day is always very special, especially in our family. My mom was born on Mother's Day. All right. Yesterday was her birthday. Uh, I know we celebrated it last Sunday, but yesterday was her birthday. May 13th was her birthday. But she was the best Mother's Day present ever for my grandmother because she was born on Mother's Day. But, you know, I actually thought about this. You know... My mom would have never had a Mother's Day until I was born. I was born in 1969. I was born in July. So her first Mother's Day was, was 1970. That was her first Mother's Day. But, you know, if I wasn't born, she would have had to wait four more years for my sister to be born before she would have ever had a Mother's Day. So I, I guess, you know, mothers owe it to their kids to celebrate Mother's Day. All right. Um, a couple of things that I wanted to read that, The Bible says about a mom, Proverbs chapter one, verses eight and nine says this. I'm not sure if it talks about a mom or talk about a child, but it says this. My child, listen when your father corrects you, but don't neglect your mother's instruction. What you learn from them will crown you with grace and be a chain of honor around your neck. Um, Proverbs um, 15, 20 says this, sensible children bring joy to their fathers. Foolish children despise their mothers. You know, mothers are special in, in a child's life. And in fact, um, it is interesting whenever we read the story or, or read the you know, account of Jesus, obviously Jesus wouldn't have been born as a human if it wasn't for 
his mother Mary. You know, and, and um, especially in like the Roman Catholics, they honor Mary probably as much as Jesus. But really, if it wasn't for Mary, we wouldn't have Jesus. Now, no one really talks more about, about Joseph much, except for he was there in the manger, you know, there. But they talk a lot about Jesus' mother, Mary. In fact, if you read the accounts, I mean, you know, Jesus will talk about his mom. He doesn't say much about Joseph. He'll talk about his, his real father, you know, God, but he does talk about his mom. You know, moms are special. Moms can push us to do things that we probably wouldn't have done or, or you know, and um, if we read the account, um, it was really Mary, Jesus's mom, that started his ministry. Over in Luke, um, sorry, John chapter two, John chapter two, it says this, and the next day, I'm reading from the New Living Translation, there was a wedding celebration in the village of Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. The wine supply ran out during the festivities, so Jesus' mother told him they have no more wine. Dear woman, that's not our problem, Jesus replied. That's why I like the New Living Translation. Um, my time has not yet come. All right, so, so Jesus said, mom, it's not time for me to, you know, to do anything about it. Don't bother me. So you know what Mary's next words were? He went to, she went to the servants and, and says this. Um, she says, um, but his mother told the servants, do whatever he tells you. Jesus just said, my time is not yet. It's not time for me to, you know, to start anything. But his mother didn't take no for an answer. You know, moms don't take no for an answer. It doesn't matter what you say. They're not going to take no. They're going to keep urging us and keep helping us to reach our, our goals in life. Amen. Anyway, he says, do whatever. Um, he tells you, standing nearby, there were six, um, six stone water jars used for Jewish ceremonial washing. Um, said each could hold 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus told the servants, fill the jars with water. So you know what? Jesus did it. Even though he said, my time is not yet. Like I said, you can't tell a mom no. And so, so Jesus said, hey, there's, there's those water jars over there. You know, fill them with water. And then he says, um, when the jars had been filled, he said, now dip some out and take it to the master of ceremonies. So the servants followed his instructions. When the master of ceremonies tasted the water that was now wine, um, not knowing where it had come from, though, of course, the servants knew, he called the bridegroom over. A, a host always serves the best wine first, he said. Then, but then when everyone has a lot to drink, he brings out the least expensive wine, but you have kept the best until now. Um, this miraculous sign at Cana in Galilee was the first time Jesus revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. See, it was Jesus's mom that pushed him in to his first miracle. You know, our moms can push us into a lot of things, you know, and, and probably, um, I mean, I don't know. Maybe Jesus was stalling longer than he needed to. And, you know, he needed to, to show forth, you know, what he, what he had on the inside. But it is interesting about that. Now, um, there's a couple of things that my mom taught me 
in life. Um, the, probably the, the biggest and best thing was the 91st Psalm. You know, um, it's something that I claim every day. And, uh, you know, as me and my sister, it's funny when we talk to people and, you know, if we talk to people that don't know the 91st Psalm, we're like, how can you not know the 91st Psalm? We've known the 91st Psalm ever since we were little. I mean, that's the one thing that, um, that my mom has always taught me. And I don't want to read the whole 91st Psalm, but um, I want to read um, a couple of, of the verses. Um, anyway, Psalms chapter 91, reading from the New Living Translation, it says this. Verse 3 says, For he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. You know, um... My grandfather always said he was a stickler for the word of God. Says God says it, I believe it, and that settles it for me. And, um, you know, I wish more people would get a hold of what the 91st Psalm says. It says that he will protect you from deadly disease. When the pandemic hit this, this world, you know, I always claim the 91st Psalm. I, I do it every day anyway. I mean, every day, that's what's my daily prayer. Not only do I claim 91st Psalm for me, I claim 91st Psalm for all my children and now grandchildren on a daily basis. Why? Because, you know, um, I, I, I just do it every day. Now, it goes on to say in, in, um, in verse number five, do not be afraid of the terrors of, terrors of the night, nor the arrows that fly in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes in midday. You know what? There's another verse that Paul told Timothy that God has not given us a spirit of fear. Doesn't matter what's going on in the world. Doesn't matter if there's wars and rumors of wars. Doesn't matter if there's so-called deadly diseases around. We shouldn't be afraid of it because the greater one's on the inside of us. That Jesus Christ died upon the cross, the cross and took the stripes on his back and by his stripes, we were healed. You know, we, we live in a scary world. But we shouldn't be afraid because God is our protector. It goes on to say, though a thousand will fall at your side, though 10,000 are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. You know, and once again, during the pandemic, whenever they begin to say how many people died, I begin to quote the 91st Psalm. Doesn't matter how many people died. Doesn't matter how many comorbidities I had. What matters is that I know my God and I know my God protects me. You know, it goes on um, to um, on verse number 10 that says, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home. It's what the word of God says. Like I said, once again, my, my grandfather always, he, he drilled it into us. I mean, that the Bible says it. I believe it, and that settles it. So do you really believe what the Bible says? Because a lot of people don't act like they believe what the Bible says. And that was very evident over the last few years. It's very evident that, that a lot of people are afraid of the things going on in this world. But God says he will protect us at all times in every situation, no matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like, because we're not moved by, by what we see, but we have to know that God is always with us. 
All right, at the end of the verse, verse 14, it says, the Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust me, to trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with long life and give them my salvation. You know, I like that verse that says, I will honor them with long life because if, if um, I'm gonna have long life, I'm not gonna die this year. All right, you know, I'm not gonna die this year because I haven't lived a long life yet. I, I, I'm only 53. Now I'm older than my mom now, but you know, that's a whole nother weird thing. I don't understand it because biology is really weird. But anyway, um, 53 is not a long life. You know, unfortunately there's a lot of people that when they die, I'm like, well, you know, they're too young to die, you know, the Bible says with long life, well, it satisfies, but it also says in Ephesians 6, Ephesians 6, 1, children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well with you and you will have a long life on the earth. I mean, you know, like I said, God promised me a long life when I was, I always honor my father and mother and still honor my father and mother, even when maybe I don't want to. Um, (laughs) There are some times, when you work with your parents, sometimes that there's things that they want you to do that you just don't want to do, but the Bible says to honor your father and mother. Now, I want to tell you a little funny story. I don't know if it's funny or not, but you know, now, my mom, she didn't give me too many whippings, probably because I really was more concerned about her whipping me than I was my dad. Um, now, there was a truck stop. Where was it? New Mexico or something like that? that where we got those paddles? See, you have to understand, when I was a kid, we traveled, all right? And there was a certain truck stop. I think it was in New Mexico, um, and my parents found these paddles that said the heat for the seat. <laughs> she bought multiple ones of them. Um, I think we bought a couple and then we came back through and we bought more. There was one that broke on my butt one time. I will, I will say that. Uh, you, know, the, you know, the Bible says, you know, spare the rod, spoil the child. And so, um, but... Um, <laughs> My mom actually kept one of those heat for the seat paddles in her, in her car, right there on the side. And she, I don't know if I've ever got spanked out in the car, but she, she would pull it out sometimes and threaten, mainly me. I don't know. My sister never got spankings that I can remember. I don't know why it was, it was always me. But, but every time I read Ephesians 6, I think about this because my dad, you know, I guess, you know, she, he would always, whenever he would discipline me. And there were sometimes I'd get in trouble and my mom would say, wait till your dad gets home. So my dad would get home. And then my, my dad would always, before I would get a whipping, I always had to read the word of God and we would read Ephesians six. All right. And so my, my dad really wanted me to, to go one through three, but you know, I know psychology a little bit. So I made sure I always read verse four as well. What does verse four say? It says, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. 
by the way you treat them. Rather bring them up in the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. That was always the last verse I read before I got spanking. But anyway, um, I know it's Mother's Day. It's not Father's Day, but it's a funny story. Whenever I was reading that verse, I, 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 you know, some things make an impression on you. And unfortunately, I had more spankings than, than um, that. And, and like I said, I'm actually in my own mind right now. I haven't even thought about it. I'm trying to think if I ever remember my sister getting a spank, and I, and I don't. Uh, and I don't know why, because, you know, it was usually her that caused me to lash out. Anyway, but the other thing my, my mom taught me was her favorite verse. And actually we have, we have one of those bracelets with her favorite verse on it. Her favorite verse is Philippians 4.13. I've been reading for New Living, so I'll read it again. It says, for I can do everything through Christ that gives me the strength. You know, there's nothing you can't do. And that's what he taught, she taught me. There is nothing you can't do. And because there's nothing you can't do, there, there are no times that you can ever tell my mom that's impossible. It can't be done. There is no way because the Bible says that with, with Christ, we can do anything. Now, many of you take pictures of that globe coming down. Do you realize that whenever we were building this building, I guess, because of building finished in 1992, so probably around 1991, um, we had the idea for this globe. We called, I mean, you know, we, we couldn't find anyone. Disney didn't have it. Universal Studios, n- none, none of the theme parks had anything like this. And we kept calling and asking. And, and um, I actually remember sitting in my mom's office and, and saying, I, I don't think we can do this. And, you know, actually dad even came in there and said, well, how hard can it be to put something, you know, whatever. Anyway, so then my next thing is, we can do it. I don't know what it's going to cost. Um, and we did. As far as we know, this is the only globe in the world that comes down from the ceiling, lights up, and spins around. All right. Now, maybe someone else created one later on, but um, that was an impossibility in 1991. Never had been done. Um, as far as I, and maybe no one that needed to do it. Now, Universal Studios has, has a globe in front of their, their thing that spins around in a fountain, but it doesn't light up and it doesn't come down. This, you know, it can't be done and it was done. Same thing happened whenever we were writing, we, you know, when, when Rhema first started, we adopted a song from David Ingalls that became our Rhema family hymn. It was called Thank You Loving Father. Some of you that are older graduates, even, even my class in 1993, we had to sing the song. And in fact, I remember the day we would come to um, exaltation and Dan Morrison at the time was, and he, was, he, would, he would try to get us to sing parts. You know, he would say, he would say if you sing real low, you're a bass. I, don't, I, I never could figure out what part I was. I think I was in the middle. You know, I, I don't know. But anyway, so we were practicing in, um, thank you, loving father. And that was, that was our Rama family hymn. Well, at some point in time, mom came up with the idea that we needed to, to write uh, um, our own alma mater. So um, at the time, um, Joel Siegel, was, was, he was our music director for Rama Singers and Band. And so he began to write the Rama alma mater and came up with, um, with a, a course. And it, 
It was, it's the word in the spirit, the sweet Holy Ghost, the light of the nation, a glorious hope. I will not forget my foundation, the years I spent at Rama, you know. And so, um, so um, we gave it to mom and said, well, that's good, but that's not, that's not enough. So I gave it back to Joel and said, okay, Joel, um, we need to write more. And um, 30 days later, Joel goes, I, I don't got any more. So I went to mom and said, we don't got any more. So mom goes, well, I want more. And I looked at him and she, well, what do you want me to do? You want me to write it? She goes, I don't care who writes it. You just need more. So, so I took down notes. Mom began to say, and I came up with the first verse, standing here today. Do you know why I came up with the first verse? Because here's what my mom says. He says, on graduation day, which is going to happen in a few short days, our 49th graduation right here in this room, Friday night, um, coming up on what, May 18th, I think that is, 19th. All right, yeah, May 19th, um, 7, 7 p.m., right here, 49th class. And so she says, she says, this song is for graduation, all right? And I, when they're going to sing this song, and they're standing there on graduation day. So that's the first verse, I mean, the first line, standing here today. That was pretty easy. I'm like, man, this is, this is good. So, so, but anyway, so what we did was call you know, myself, um, Eugene Gregor, he was our, music, our worship leader at the time, and um, Darcy Veer and Rich King and myself. And we came up with the, the, um, the verse and then, then the bridge, um, you know, um, for the Rhema Alma Mater. And so that's how it came to be. Now, I want to let you know I don't write songs. You know, I know Barry Mandelow you know, had a song, said, I write the songs that the whole world sings. Well, I don't write any songs and nobody sings. Um, um, but mom said, see, mom says that we're going to write this song and what Joel wrote was not enough. Joel said he didn't have anything else. So we wrote a song. All right. You know, you know because standing here in your, in, in, in your will divine, I was taken back to a precious time. That was my second verse because my, my mom says, when they're standing there, I want them to remember their two, now three, sometimes seven years at Rama. Um, <laughs> all right, but that was, so that's where it came from. It all came because mom said that you can do it. You know, there's that movie, so you can do it. And so the thing about it is you can do it. You can do all things. The Bible says everything. You can do everything through Christ that gives you the strength. You know what? And when you think it's impossible, you think there is no way, you think you can't make it, you can do it because the greater one lives on the inside of you. And I come to find out, you really, it's not you doing a lot. It's just like, it's, you know, Jesus is doing it through you. He's given you the strength. He's given you the power. He's given you the ability. And that was one of the biggest things I've learned from my mom. I, can, I cannot never say the words, it's impossible. There is no way. I can't do this because the Bible says I can. And my mom would remind me over and over and over again. So, so I got to a point where, you know, I, I, I could never tell her you can't, I can't, we can't do it. And you know what? You can never tell anyone we can't do it because you can. You can. 
How can, why can you and how can you? Because the greater one who lives on the inside of you, there is nothing, nothing is a compound word meaning no thing. There's no thing you cannot do through Christ that gives you the strength. He gives you the power. He gives you the ability. And, and I think that's probably a really good scripture for moms because there's, moms do a lot of things that they probably didn't know how to do. do. Do you know that there is no instruction manual on how to be a mom? And I'm gonna tell you, you know, a lot of dads are clueless. So if it wasn't for the mom, now, now you know, thank God, you know, when, as a child that they had a mom so they can at least call their mom. Now, there are some children that, that don't wanna listen to, you know, their mom on, on how they raised them and all kinds of stuff. It is funny, I will, I, I will say this, um, you know, now I'm a dad, not a mom, but you know, now with my grandkids, and I mean, there's been times that, um, especially with Lakin, who, because we raised her from the beginning, and so my wife will say, you know, you know, do this. To I said, I had three boys. You know, I, 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 I know what to do. She said, Yeah, but I watched you raise your boys. <laughs> my, my boys. We're able to do th- I mean, things that probably some boys probably shouldn't. But we did live in a little bit different generation. Even when they were kids, it wasn't as crazy um, that. But, you know, the one thing I will say about mom is she always trusted me. And, and uh, I'm going to tell a story because we, we, um, we, we're early today anyway. So this is interesting. And I've told this before, but my mom trusted me so much. Now, first of all, I have a great sense of direction. I will say this. I mean, you know, it doesn't matter where I'm at. I, I, I've always had really good direction. Unlike my mom, I did not get that from my mom. I will say that my, my mom, whatever, whatever she's facing is north. <laughs> it is true, isn't it, mom? The great thing about it, when you're standing at this pulpit, it is north. But if I'm facing this way, that's not north, all right? But in fact, I, I used to have to direct my mom when I was like four or five years old. Sometimes I would give her directions on how to go because um, I'm not directionally challenged. So I don't know, I, didn't, I guess I got that from, from my dad. But so the most interesting thing that I, you know, I look back now and I'm thinking, is my parents crazy? But anyway, um, I was 15 years of age. So my sister was 11, all right? Um, we visited Hong Kong. I'm not sure how many of you have been to Hong Kong, but we went to Hong Kong. Now we were in Hong Kong and um, we were in one area of Hong Kong and so, I explored the area we're at because my parents let me explore. You know, we didn't have cell phones. We didn't have nothing. But anyway, they let me, probably because I just bug, bugged them so much. So they're like, just go do whatever you want to do. And so <laughs> that's probably the truth. I mean, so they would just give me money and said, you know, do whatever. So, so um, my parents and my grandparents, they were at a full gospel businessman um, thing at a hotel. And my sister and I did not want to go. So, um, we were in a different area of Hong Kong. Actually, last time I was in Hong Kong, I was in the area where we were at the second time. Um, so we were in a different area of Hong Kong. I've never been around that area. Not one time. And I, it was, I think it started at, at 12. So it was like 11.30. And so my, my, my mom gave me a map and some money and said, take care of your sister and be back here at two o'clock. And the, I'm in Hong Kong. I'm 15. My 11-year-old sister, and um, 
I don't know anything around Hong Kong. I don't, I don't have a phone. I don't have nothing. I got a map and money. So me and my sister had a good time for a couple, couple hours, you know, but my mom trusted me. And that's one thing, you know, because, well, main thing is I'm going to take care of my sister. Now, I said, we did live in a different generation. You know, it was, I mean, it was way different in the world that we lived in. But still, I was in a foreign country and at 15 years of age with nothing but a map. Um, but my, I had money. So, you know, which was really cool because you realize at that point in time, the exchange rate, if you, I had a hundred dollar bill and I gave, it went to exchange it in and it was like seven and a half to one. So I got 750 Hong Kong dollars for my $100 bill. Man, I was rich, $750. I've never seen $750 in my life in my pocket. I was like, wow, this is incredible. You know, can I have another hundred? So anyway, I do want to leave you off because you know, there's nothing like a praying mom. Moms never stop praying for your kids. And, and um, you know, um, as um, I hear testimonies, and even a lot of times on our podcast, and, if, you know, our podcast, Craig's weekly or Raymond's weekly podcast, not always weekly, but it's, it's out there. Um, um, anyway, on the podcast, when we, we do a lot of interviews, you know, one of, one of the biggest things that we hear when we get their testimony, well, I had a praying mom. I had a praying mom. And because of my praying mom, you know, I came back to the Lord. Moms never stop praying for your kids. I realize some of, some of your, your children are not where they should be with God. Never stop praying. You know, God hears a praying mom. In fact, a lot of times we, we try to nag at our kids and, and tell them what they need to do and things like, you know, I, I remember the story that my, my grandfather always told, um, and we told a, a, a lady, he says, he says, quit trying to tell your kid what to do, what not to do. Just surround your, your, your son with faith and love. Surround your son with faith and love. You know, also we can have what we say we can have. Don't be saying, hey, well, my kid's gonna end up in, in prison one day. Don't be saying that. Don't be saying, well, well, well my, my kid will never be a success in life. Don't be saying that. You, you surround your, your, your son or your daughter with faith and love and you continue to pray for them. You continue, you know, I mean, to hit your knees. And I, tell, I guarantee you that, you know, if, if you'll pray for your, for your son and your daughter, that God will answer your prayers. There's something about a mom's prayer that's different than anybody else's prayer. You know, moms have a, have a unique bond with their child because, because a mom carries a child for nine months, you know, in their womb. You know, the dad, you know, maybe that they feel the baby kick or whatever, but they don't really have that bond until the baby comes out. But that mom develops a bond, you know, that, that, that you just, you can't even explain. The mother's love for a child. You know, even when the child sometimes messes up in life, you know, and as kids, we do mess up in life sometimes. We do stupid things, as I wrote the book. Um, don't be stupid, but even though the book's out there, we're still going to be stupid at some point in time in our life. But you know what? It is interesting. Our mom loves us regardless. They might be disappointed, but our mom loves us regardless of how stupid we, we do, how many mistakes that we do. And, um, you know, man, you know, moms, don't give up on your children, no matter how old they are. Maybe, maybe they've lived 50 years and they still haven't turned on. You keep praying for them. Keep believing for them. Keep standing in the gap for them. You know, 
you know, there's something about a praying mom. Moms never stop praying. You know, um, I, I, you hear stories of, about moms waking up in the middle of the night praying for their, ch- their child and you find out that, that their child was going through some kind of situation at that point in time. Never give up on your child. You know, I, I know maybe you're, you, you know, your, your brain might think, well, he or she's never going to, to do what they need to do. Never say that. Never give up. Never give up. So once again, I do want to encourage each and every one of us to call your mom. Or, you know, if, if you have the wherewithal, like my mom in person, you can tell her Happy Mother's Day in person. You know, say, well, I don't have a gift. Well, you know what? Your, your mom probably doesn't care about a gift. She just wants to talk to you. All right? You know, I mean, you know, it would be nice to give your mom a gift. But, you know, it doesn't matter. Give her a call. You say, well, you know, my relationship with my mom hasn't always been the best in the world. You know what? There's, there's no t- better time th- th- than to reestablish a relationship than on Mother's Day. I can guarantee you, no matter how your relationship has been, you know, you should put the past behind, call your mom, and tell them you're sorry. You said, well, I didn't do it. They did. I don't care. Tell them you're sorry. <laughs> and reestablish that relationship. Because one day, you'll want to call mom, and you don't have that opportunity. So I just want to encourage each and every one of you to call your mom today. Don't, you know, you, if you want to text them, text them, but call them, all right? If they don't answer, then text them and then still call them later on, all right? You know, because I think that's important. Just like yesterday, I text my mom in the morning, but, but then later on, I gave her a phone call because it was her birthday and I want to make sure that I actually talked to her on the phone. I just didn't want to sell a happy birthday through a text. And I think that we live in a generation, you know, where texting and I like to text so you know it, it's great but there's something about you know hearing someone's voice you know or better yet FaceTime your mom you say well I have an Android device buy an Apple device and FaceTime no no I'm, I'm sure they have some something like FaceTime on an Android device I don't know what it is called because I don't live in the Android world I'm I'm a blue guy not a green guy for some of you you figure that out when you text somebody on an iPhone um you know but call your mom and some of you need to thank your mom because you're here today. Well, obviously everyone's here today because of their mom, but you're here in this church today because you had a praying mom that never gave up on you, that believed in you. And that's why you're sitting here in church today. I mean, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you and we praise you. We thank you for each and every mom that's in this room and watching online. Father, we pray a special blessing on them today. We thank you, Father, for everything that they've done and every, everything that, that they've sacrificed for their children. And Father God, we just thank you that each and every child here in this room will, will, will endeavor to talk to their mom and reestablish a relationship if there's not one there. We thank you, Father, for everything you're doing in our midst. But with heads bowed and eyes closed, maybe you're here today and you say, Craig, I'm not saved. I've never asked Jesus Christ to become Lord and Savior in my life and I want to today. Lift your hand, we wanna pray with you. Or maybe you're here today and you say, 
I don't know whether I'm saved or not. I've never asked him in my life. My grandfather talked about having a no-so experience. If you don't know so, you can know today. Lift your hand, we wanna pray with you. Or maybe here and you say, Craig, I wanna rededicate my life to God today. Maybe your mom's been praying for you and, and you need to rededicate your life to God. Lift your hand, we wanna pray with you across this auditorium. You know, there is no special day to rededicate our life than Mother's Day. I mean, some of your moms have been praying for you for a long time and it's time to come home. Heavenly Father, I don't see any hands, but we thank you if anyone is in this room or anyone's watching online, it's not saved. We thank you, Father, that you'll bring laborers across their path on a daily basis. We thank you, Father, that they will be saved. We thank you, Father, that that those that, that are running from God right now, we thank you that they'll rededicate themselves to God. We thank you for everything you're doing. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Well, praise God. It's a good day. Amen. And like I said, like call your mom if you can. If your mom's here, take her to lunch and pay for it. All right. I mean, that would be a good gift, you know. I mean, you realize your mom had to suffer to have you. Childbirth isn't an easy thing, all right? Amen. Well, let's all stand up. You know, the way we dismiss around here, the pastors will, will be at, at the door. If you're a first-time visitor, we're glad to have you today. Connection team is, is in the aisle, and we have a special gift we want to give to you. You'll just go with them really quickly to the North Lobby. We want to give you a, real, a gift um, very quickly. Like I said, pastors are at the door. Um, my mom and dad are at the west door. I'll be at the south door. Um, Bill's going to be at the east door, and Tad's going to be at the north door. Don't forget, 6 p.m. today. And once again, call your mom. God bless you guys. Have a great day.